Hello, and welcome to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 28. This week, Brian and I are continuing our conversation about sin. We talked last week about the relationships that are broken because of it, and in this episode, we take another look at sin and what it is doing to us. Brian gives us another way to look at it, and I found it to be a really helpful and interesting conversation. Before we get started, we could use your help. Brian and I have been randomly coming up with topics for the podcast for the last six months, but we could now use your help. If you have a biblical topic you would like us to discuss, or a topic that you think would be important for us to talk about, would you please send us a message on Facebook or visit thebiblebistro.com and click the button in the upper right corner to send us your suggestion. Thanks so much. All right, enough about that. Let's jump into this episode looking again at sin. All right. Well, welcome back to the Bistro, Brian. Hey, how are you, Ryan? I'm good. Hey, and for those watching on, you're laughing at me because I. You were singing. Uh, those watching suddenly, online. And suddenly the Bistro became the Bistro a musical. is a musical. John Weatherly, a couple episodes back, inspired me when he said that, like, the first part of Luke is kind of like oh, in the heights with the music. Oh, in the heights. Musical. Yeah. I, haven't Do you seen, that? I haven't seen that yet. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Is good? It's, if you like musicals. It's a it's a thing. I like music. What's your favorite musical? What's my favorite musical? I'm gonna have to go with mm, Les Mis. That's a good one. Or Fan of the Opera. I saw Fan of the Opera live. I, th- I was gonna I say, really... don't judge me, but I'm, I was gonna say Fan of the Opera. I thought you'd judge me for saying Fan Why? of the Opera. It's like so, like hip. Like everybody <laughs> likes Phantom. No, I, I mean, I don't know that everybody likes it. I think there's some people who criticize the music of it. But anyway, anyway, I saw Miss Saigon on Broadway. Oh, did you? I saw. I saw. And it was like, eh. okay. Since you're gonna brag, I'll brag. I, Josanne. Um, no, this is not a brag. I just went. It was. Eh. Okay, Josanne and I went to see Phantom in London on the stage it was written for, which was pretty cool with the chandelier, and it was pretty cool. That sounds very. It was very romantic. Oh, you know, there's nothing more amazing. romantic than someone kidnapping you and holding you and forcing you to sing and with a deformed face and a mask. <laughs> Right? Yeah, hey, and, uh, what reminds, gonna me say, of, reminds me of high school. What I was going to say <laughs> before my... <laughs> oh my Did you play the organ then too? <laughs> why, do you assume, why do you assume that I'm the one with the deformed face? Uh, I may have been the one kid. <laughs> That's even more fantasy. No, I was going to say for those watching on YouTube or wherever they would partake of this yeah they notice that we're in the same clothes we've been wearing (laughs) for the past three weeks but we don't record these well we're still in the same location as well yes we are so we never leave (laughs) we're plastered to these seats (laughs) so anyway so we're going to continue our conversation today about the ever fun evergreen topic (laughs) of sin well we were talking about sin before and i wasn't quite done talking about stuff so and 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 i know this sounds strange but again sin Sin really helped me understand a lot about salvation and God, and and I think, honestly, think some of the passages that we we run over very quickly in Scripture. Like, when's the last time you did a Bible study of the Book of Leviticus, or you did your devotional reading out of Deuteronomy? Uh, it's it's been, been a day, or, day it's, or two. It's day or two. <laughs> so uh, last week. Yeah. So you know those passages actually teach us a lot. I think about the the character and the nature of God. So 
So I talked about sin the last time in in terms of the fall and thinking about the four broken relationships. Our relationship with God is broken. Our relationship within ourselves is broken. Our relationship with others is broken. And then there's a broken relationship even with creation. You know, as God created the world in a good way, but then because of sin, it it, it it's not the the hospitable garden than it was, you know. Right. There's another angle, though, I like to look about uh, look at sin. And let me ask you, just kind of throw this question out and just see how you answer it. Um, what makes a sin a sin, would you say? How would you describe or how do you think about what makes a sin a sin? Well, I can give you uh, – well, I mean, it's what, what's what been outlined for us in Scripture saying, sure. like, this is um, what God has said, stay away from. Yeah. yeah. And even in the garden, we see that, you know. Yes. Yeah. You know, isn't that funny though? We we focus on the sin a lot, don't we? We you know the prohibitive, exactly. And the and and Paul even nature. I think Paul even kind of talks about this that when we're told not to do something, and you see this with kids, don't you? They they go ah, uh, I want that. <laughs> like the very moment you tell them no, it's like oh, that must be that must be good, you know. And that's mm-hmm. kind of you know that's kind of I think what the serpent is playing into when it's like, well, God's prohibited this thing, and the serpent says, well, it's because he knows it's. It's good. It's mm-hmm. it's pleasing, you know, that kind of thing. That so, gives you knowledge. We kind of talked about it right, in the last episode. Right. Yeah. So the other angle I'd like to look at this is, I, I remember when I was growing up in the church, and I think I mentioned this a little bit last episode, um, when I was growing up in the church, I thought Christianity was a lot about learning the rules and making sure not to break them. Mm-hmm. And, you that's know. Not, that's not fun. Well, it's not. And and it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a... I want to say this, it's a very worrying way because, you know, I I can remember, and you, you're going to say, man, this shows you what a weird kid you were. Uh, well, I mean, I'd been kidnapped by a masked <laughs> person with a uniform for high school in Southern Indiana. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, your child so, is normal. So the, uh, you know, I can remember laying there thinking, are there things that I'm doing that I don't even know are sin that I, sh-, you know, th- this kind of thing. And you're kind of in this constant sense of anxiety and, and worry and this kind of thing. And, and, and so I think, again, I, I I really appreciate the church that I was I grew up in, and appreciate the the leaders of those churches. And these they were good people, and they were they were teaching well. But for some reason, I picked up this kind of idea that Christianity was about what we don't do, and we kind of caricatured that. Have you ever heard? You know, do you don't drink, don't chew, and don't go, go with girls that do. do. Yeah. You know, that oh yes, I've heard that. It, it's this it's this pro like you said prohibition against these mm-hmm. things. That that sin was a list of don'ts, and learning to be a good Christian was just learning the things. That you don't not, do, not to do. But when we th- when we kind of change the way we think about it, we think about those broken relationships. And, and I'll I'll tell you a lot of this. I think about in terms of relationships. Um, I, I think sometimes we we get into this habit of any field of study, but even in theology, we begin to think about almost things as things or as as these um, objects, rather than thinking in terms of their connection with others or the relationships. So. Uh, Sin, if we think about it as a way we fall short of what God intended, I think help us to understand that God made us to be people, and when we're not being those people, then um, that 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 is sin. So you know, I'm thankful for, for the forgiveness of sins that we have, but I think that there is more than just this picture of you know us doing you know breaking the rule, asking forgiveness, and being being forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think understanding the nature of sin was really what began to help me understand what it truly meant to be saved or, or redeemed or whatever word we want to use there. So, okay. so 
I used to see sin as kind of an arbitrary list. Like God just decided, okay, this is a sin and this is a sin. And even at, at its worst, we probably think, well, God knew that would be hard for us to avoid. <laughs> like pie, right. like pie. You know, yep, like I, pie. I'm gonna I'm gonna make these the, the desirable things, you know, the things that are that are forbidden. But I don't think that's the way it works. Now I understand that when we think of this idea of brokenness or even a lessening or a, a kind of a doing away with. I understand sin to be those things, and this is very important, those things that are opposed to the nature of God. So so a sin is, I always say to students, there's there's an opposite, always an opposite of sin that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we look at God and we see his goodness and his characteristics, then sin is a lessening or a, a failure, a falling short of achieving that is kind of the way that I that I think of it in, in this way. And so my former way of seeing things was sin was the real thing. Okay. This list, that that was really the defining characteristic of what it meant to be a Christian. And what I did is I made that then the thing. The thing, the real thing in a sense, rather than seeing it as an absence of the real. So what I'm really trying to achieve as a follower of Christ is to be the person that God created me to be. And I've said before, Christ came not only to reveal who God was to us, but to to reveal what true humanity looked like. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is I want to take on the characteristics that he has demonstrated in terms of what it truly means to to be a a, a truly, you know, unfallen person. Uh, human being, I guess, is what I'm trying to think about. Yeah. So, so God is real. Mm-hmm. Sin is not. It's just the absence. Like it's the separation. Right. Yeah. So it's. It, I, is it kind of like this? And maybe you can tell me this is mm-hmm. a wrong analogy. But like heat, there's no such thing as cold. There's only right absence absence of, of heat. heat. And and it, it, that that'd be a way to think about this. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that. No. It translates, but no. I it, it's an it's an analogy. It's a metaphor. It'll break down mm-hmm. at some point, but I think that's exactly it. Now I'll, I'll get to this in a minute. Let me look at Romans one twenty five first, real quick. Just look at Romans one twenty five for me. In fact, okay. I'm going to have you read that. I don't think I have it here in front of me. Okay. So this is this is in a section Romans chapter one where. Paul is kind of talking about this universal nature in which humanity. So we talk about Adam and Eve rebelled, but then he's talking about the situation we find ourselves in now is that we're all following in that. So mm-hmm. here's what it says about them. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Okay. So you get Adam and Eve. We talked about the fact that God had given them truth and they exchanged that truth for a lie. They, they, Instead of focusing upon the truth of God, they focus instead upon the one thing that's forbidden, upon the lie, and and they decide to to partake in that. And this then had had all kinds of implications. Instead of serving the Creator, they serve created things, and mm-hmm. and that that kind of becomes the focus then uh, from that from that point on. So God created the entire universe, I think, including us, to function in a particular way, to function in a good way. But we have and I'm going to use this term, and I understand there's baggage with this term, but we have perverted that. We, we've taken that and we've twisted it, might be another way to think about it. Okay. And, and we've taken the truth of what God, the goodness of what he has created, and we've we've twisted it. Now, therefore, and this is this is really the, the, the key point, you mentioned this idea of, of an absence or the idea of, of you know, cold being the absence it's of heat. heat. Uh, I understand then sin to be a hollowing out of, of an aspect of the nature of God. So God didn't just arbitrarily come up with a list of sins, but because of his character, we talked about he's absolutely holy, because mm-hmm. he is holy, 
this is this is what is what is true this is what is right you know mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's it's a characteristic of who he is so a sin is not the real thing a sin is an absence of the real thing it's it's a hollowing out of the goodness of god if mm. you will i'll give you some examples here in a minute now this actually goes way back um you know <laughs> it's kind of it's one of those things i do this all the time i was thinking about this stuff and i i came to this i've been reading some good books and i came to this idea and I thought, oh, you know, this really helps me understand this stuff. Or oh, I can't believe I've come up with this. But then, <laughs> but then, you know, I find out, well, no, there was this guy named Augustine who a long time ago. <laughs> about, well, let's see, 1500s, 1500 years. So, so we call this about sin not having substance, but but instead being privation or, or an absence, mm-hmm. right? So sin is not a thing in itself. In essence, and I'll show you. I know you're always, you're going to ask me, so what? And I'm going to tell you, there's a well, you and you've really <laughs> taken on a really nasty tone with that. Well, so what? You you got complimented on that one time, and now you always ask me that question. But well, I think it's important. For it's listeners. an important question. It's an important oh, question. Don't get me wrong. So, <laughs> so he, here's what he would say. He would say that sin is not a real thing in itself, but instead it is an absence. Absence of the good is privation is the fancy way to say it. So sin isn't sin because God arbitrarily decided it was sin, but it is sin because it is opposed to some aspect of his nature. So I'll give you an example. God is truth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 1. They exchange the truth of God for a lie. So a lie is not a thing itself. It is an absence of the truth. Okay? So it, it is a hollowing out of God's truth and a, and a, and a taking away. And then, so to miss the truth, that to fall short of God's glory is is to lie, and that that makes it a sin. Mm-hmm. So I think Paul talks about this more in Ephesians chapter four. If you want to flip over there, starting in verse seventeen or so, this is Ephesians four, starting in verse seventeen. So Paul's been talking to these Christians, and uh, I'll say this: I'll talk about this in another episode, but. Ephesians is written to a large group of Christians, I think, over you know several congregations over a lar- relatively large area. And, and he says this, So I tell you this, insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Uh, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. There's that, that mm-hmm. kind of idea of what we had before, the intimacy we had, and he was the creator of life. We've been separated from that. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. Sensitivity, I would say, is that, you know, conscience, we could mm-hmm. say that sense that when we do something, that guilt that comes when we do something wrong. So they've lost all sensitivity and have given themselves over to sensuality. So this is this is kind of describing a really a person who's who's running away from God, mm-hmm. who's separating themselves, who who is doing doing these kind of things to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed, he says. That however is not the way of li- way you learned uh, the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. In other words, it, so deceit has to do with lying. It wants things that are that are not about the truth. You're you're putting off this old man who's about the deceitful desires, corrupted by that, to be made new by the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God. See that? We were created mm-hmm. to be like God. We were created in his image, right? Created right. to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the true thing, the real thing, 
is for us to to take on the characteristics and the nature of God, not to be God, right? right but to take on those characteristics, to, His image. We were created in His image, and, and so in relationship with Him, we want to, you know, sometimes I'll say it this way: we want a heart that that longs for the same things that God God's heart longs for. It's broken by the same things that, that God's heart's broken by. So we want to we want to take on those characteristics. Therefore, and here's the real point: therefore, we must put off. You must put off falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. So do you see the sin and the positive side here? Like I said, I, t- I say to students oftentimes, there's a positive side to every sin. So so Paul, it would be one thing if he said, put off falsehood. That's that's my thinking when I was a kid, thinking, oh, it's Christianity is about a list of things that I shouldn't do. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, you need to put off falsehood. Instead, you need to speak truthfully to your neighbor because we're all members of one body. So you might say, well, that doesn't make that big of a difference. But the idea is to be a Christian then is not to be a lie avoider. It's to be a true speaker. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see the difference yeah. there? So the example I've given before, and I know this is this is a this is kind of a caricature idea about monasticism. <laughs> I understand this, but well, bear bear uh, with we'll, me. <laughs> we'll indulge. Bear with indulge. me. Bear with me. So in the monastic life, you know, there was this idea of certain things that you you vows that you took to to avoid. So you you would take the vow of silence, for example. And it's kind of the idea, well, I'm not going to sin with the things that I say, mm-hmm. like lying or speaking in anger or anything like this, because I'm, I'm just going to maintain silence. Mm-hmm. But I think Paul would say that's, that's, that's a misunderstanding of what it means to be a, a redeemed person, that it's not simply a matter of not lying, but it's a, it's a, it's a matter of speaking truth. Gotcha. Okay. Now, look, he, he does the same thing again. He, he talks about this, in, in your anger, do not sin, and let the sun go down on you while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. I think that's an important thing. We're, t- we're talking about uh, opening ourselves up to his, his wiles and his temptation. Uh, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Well, that, that's one of the Ten Commandments. L- do not lie, one of the Ten Commandments. Do not steal, one of the Ten Commandments. But then look what he says. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer. What does your translation say? But must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. So it's not just a matter of of not stealing, but it's it's that we want to be like God who is generous. Mm. Right? Yeah. We we are we do something useful with our hands in order to be generous people in the same way that he's been generous toward us. So you see what I'm saying it, it, we're taking on the characteristics of what God is is taking on. Uh, and, and so it, it, you know in, in Jesus again he's he is ultimately demonstrated who he is in Jesus, and then what we're called to do, Christianity, I think, is us being conformed into the likeness of, of Christ. We're, we're being transformed by the power of the Spirit and being conformed into his likeness. Those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, right? To be, to be like a true human being mm-hmm. uh, so that we can live, we can live in a way that's compatible with what God wants and with God's characteristics. Mm-hmm. So thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, I think, you know, as we kind of go back to what is sin mm-hmm. and and the nature of sin, I think one of the the questions that I think, at least I feel like I see, uh, that's kind of popping up in culture or that I've seen, felt like I've, I've heard is like, you know, sin was a created thing by us. Yeah. Like the church, like, mm-hmm. made these rules. rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, well, if we can... I know this is a really catchy word, deconstruct, you know, like right. the, the problem there, 
um, that we can see that like, well, no, what was defined as sin was just, it was for them or, you know, it's it's, it's a cultural, mm -hmm. it's a cultural sin and it has no connection really to God. It was just what the church had made up, but like, no, that sin has grounding in God, Mm -hmm. you know, that it is the absence of God, but that like, it is an absolute, that it is not a changing, right. Changing thing because when it's rooted in God, it's not a cultural thing. That's exactly right. And that's my first answer to your, so what? Well, so what? This, This is a universal, eternal truth then, you know, if, if we're talking about that, which is, which is opposed to the nature of God, then it's always going to be opposed to the nature of God because God's not not changing. Yeah, so God doesn't change, and neither does sin. Sin, and and because so it's, this hollow, it's taking away, taking the away from the good. So, yeah. so again, I always say to my students, there's a, there's a positive side to every sin. Uh, you know, so a couple of other implications I'll, I'll get to in a minute. But sin is not a thing. Then it's an absence of the good. Always an absence of the good God created. Um, so, give me an example then <laughs> of a sin. And and we'll talk about or think about what the positive. What what are some sins that that you'd want to think about? What what's the positive side of it? <laughs> I know it's a my, weird question. My mind is oh, just no. so oh, no. tuned to the Lord. Um, <laughs> you can't even think about sin. I can't, even, I, can't, <laughs> I can't even come up with one. So, At least not right this minute. Um, I don't know. M- murder. Okay. <laughs> well, that was pretty easy. <laughs> what did you, Okay, so God is God is a source of all life, right? God right. is the life. In fact, uh, you remember in the New Testament it says Jesus is a life giving spirit. So if we're going to be conformed to His image, then we're life givers, not life takers. So, mm-hmm. so that's I think part of it, it has greed. Uh, okay, greed is I think the what we talked about earlier with the idea of stealing and and there's this being idea generous. of gen- being generous that um, you know rather than wanting things for myself, I want everyone to have what they need, right? I want to be right. generous with the things that I give. And so, you know, and that, that again, is interesting. Some of the most generous people that it, people talk about wealth sometimes and well, you can't be a wealthy Christian. I don't, I don't think that's the idea. You should be a generous Christian. I think, I think if we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus, we need to be willing to give. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's going through the eye of the needle, you know, it's easier yeah. for a, yeah, it can't go through the eye of the needle than the rich man in the kingdom of heaven. It's because the rich man placed his identity in the money and in wasn't, money generous, and wasn't I, I, generous. I think that, well, you know, what was it when the rich young ruler came and said, what do I need to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Sell everything and, and, and give, me. And give, give to, to the, the poor. poor. So in other words, be generous with your wealth. And it says he went away sad. It's like, I can't do that. And and here's the, here's the thing. This is a perfect example. I'm glad you brought this up. How brilliant of you to bring this up! I'm a brilliant because here's here's the thing you're really singing. This is a musical. So, so okay, I'm never going to ask you to do that again. It's so, going to happen. So here's the remember. Just tell me not what not to do. It's going to happen. <laughs> just like sin, bro. Coming at you with my vocals. Good, good illustration. So so here's the rich young ruler, and you might remember the very first thing he said. He says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, keep the commandments. Do not kill. Do not steal. I've done all of these, right? Mm-hmm. So just like me, when I was a kid, he had the whole list of do nots. Oh, I've done them all. It makes me a good Christian. And so Jesus says, well, just one thing you lack, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he couldn't do it. So so it's that kind of thing, uh, you know, that that we we want to be, again, conformed to, to the image of Jesus. We want to be like him. We want to be life-giving, 
thing about murder. Some of the others, like like some people will talk about adultery, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sexual sin is one that, of course, the scriptures talk about a lot. You yeah. know, Paul talks about a lot. Um, ad- adultery, just to use that example, is if you think about God, and, and it, it's interesting, in fact, in the Old Testament, um, adultery is often used as an illustration of the relationship between God and his people. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea is God is always faithful to his promises. He keeps keeps his vows, if you want mm-hmm. to put it in those in those terms, that God always keeps his promise. And so when we fail in that, when we're unfaithful, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're, we're opposed to his nature, his character. Um, and, and so what I think this helps us to do, so here's, here's a couple of so what's with this. Uh, one, and this is, uh, this may not be a big deal to a lot of people right now, but I would say that God did not create sin, right? In fact, sin is not a thing. Sin is an absence of the good. And this is what Augustine says a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. He, he says that everything God made, the world that God made was good. So when we think about that fall again, what we're thinking about is the way that we have as humans entered in and and fallen short of his glory. We, we've hollowed out the good. So we've twisted his truth into a lie. We've, um, you know, Cain and Abel again. We, 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 instead of being life-giving, we've been life-taking. Um, you know, however, you know, again, all the sins you want to think about in the old, you know, throughout the Old Testament. Uh, instead of loving others, we, we've hated them. You know, this is the example um, that we see in the New Testament, this idea, how can you say that you love God and then turn around and hate a person who is made in his image, right? And so, right. so it's that kind of an idea that that if we're going to be conformed to his image, we need to be people who are demonstrating, you know, love, or we need to be we need to be loving in the way that he loves. So those are those are just some examples, and others we might have the listener kind of, you know, send us in, send What's, us your sins, send us your favorite <laughs> sin. No, but but and I will give you that reverse. I do I do think, and, and so here's the other implication. Like you said, it's it's grounded in 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 God's nature, but it also kind of helps us begin to see what's important to God. And this is when we read the Book of Leviticus or Deuteronomy. These are not random, but they're usually teaching God's people something about His nature and something about His character. Um, you know, we, again, some of them seem very strange to us. Some of them seem very odd. And like you said, even, even sometimes culturally located, but they were usually to teach as people they, they a lot of times had to do with not conforming to the, um, pagan practices or the ritual practices of the peoples around them who were worshiping these false gods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the way they cut their hair, for example, or the, the kinds of food that they ate, uh, the kind of garments that they wore sometimes, um, you know, those Old Testament kind of laws were really about not being a people who conform, which is still a, is still a truth for God's people today. We, we don't conform, uh, you know, Paul in Romans 12, right? Don't be uh, conformed to the image of the, of the world, but it's to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So so e- even those are still, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the heart of them, if you will, are still applicable and, and are still a part of what we're called to today. Yeah, I think it's really. I, I, I've just been sitting here processing okay. through all this, and that I think it's exciting to think of sin in this way. <laughs> you know, you well, what, uh, let me hear yeah, me out yeah. here. You know that that it's it's instead of this this list I don't do, but kind of going there's another side to it. Like the sin is taking life, and you know the right. opposite is giving life this to is a, yourself. 
yeah. into into the world. This is exactly my point, and that's why you know I'm not laughing at you because it made a huge t- like I said when I figured this out. It made it made Christianity from something you know. Jesus said, uh, you know, my burden is light. You know, uh, uh, all you who are heavy laden, come to me. My, you know, my my take my yoke upon you. My burden is light, and, and it really kind of helped me see that I was I was waiting these things down. Now you mentioned culturally, and I do think it's kind of our tendency as human beings to to put these cultural kind of list on since mm-hmm. we saw it in the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and if you think about Jesus criticizing the Pharisees, he he didn't say to him, Oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't, you know, quit quit doing these things. He in fact he said, it's good that you're doing these things, but you're missing the heart of it. You know, he says you'll you'll tie to the Pharisees. He says you'll tie your mint and your deal, your dill. <laughs> dill your spices your herbs and spices yes. but but you 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 won't take care of your parents you know you you use the law as a way to avoid you know this responsibility of caring for your own parents and, and so you've missed you've missed the purpose the purpose of the law was to transform you to be the kind of people that God wanted us to be in creation mm-hmm. i'm going to say that again cuz that's important the law was there in order to transform us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be from creation. And that's what it, Christ came in order for us to restore that relationship. Again, broken relationships restored. The Spirit of God begins to indwell us and begins to make me new so that I'm no longer that broken person inside. He's, he's knitting together and making me into the person God created me to be. He's knitting me into a community with other people. So that that um, there's no longer brokenness with others. Uh, Ephesians um, uh, chapter two that he's made the two one, separating the dividing wall of hostility. Right. Right. That he's bringing us together, and, and he is calling us then to to also participate in this in this idea of doing away with the effects of the fall on creation. You know, making this again a sustainable place where people don't go hungry and where they have clean water and where they they aren't burdened by these diseases. And I'll say this, social justice for many people is a big deal today, and there's a lot of questions about this idea of social justice. And I'm a believer in social justice, but I think it flows out of this idea of a redemptive theology. It has to all come together, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just a separate piece on its own that we don't know the foundation or the basis for, right? Right. It it all flows out of this. It's It's a restoring the relationships between us and God within ourselves with others and and with the creation itself. So let me let me just kind of finish with this and then we'll see if there's anything else. So so really then restoration, I said I said, you know, good creation, uh the whole story of scripture doesn't make sense without the idea of a good creation. So redemption, restoration, renewal, all those rewords only make sense in this context. And it shows us then that that's what we're called to, pushing back against these effects of the fall, pushing back against these broken relationships, trying to heal relationships, again, through God's power in his spirit. And that's what God's kingdom then becomes is a restoration of the good creation, which God made. So let me kind of conclude then with this for me again, the nature of humanity then, the the nature of you and me Mm -hmm. is that we were created good. We're fallen, Mm -hmm. but we're redeemable. Okay. That's what I think is important for us to kind of take away from this. We're created good. We're, we are created in the image of God. We're fallen in that we we are separated from God. We have these broken relationships, but we are redeemable in Christ. And, and if you want to kind of summarize it, that's that's who we are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how did it? You know, you think about this. 
you know, you came to this conclusion. Yeah. Did it make you read Leviticus and Deuteronomy oh, absolutely. differently? Absolutely. How did, it, how did it impact that? Well, for you? let me let me go back to an assignment I used to give when I was in college. There was this class I taught called Intro to the Bible, and and I inherited this kind of um, some of the syllabus of it. And one of the things that we made people do is we these things called Bible diaries, and there were lots. There's lots of groaning and great gnashing of teeth over these Bible diaries. I, 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 I remember some uh, assignments, yeah. But you had to kind of really summarize each book. So, so the things that we asked, I think it was the title of the book, the dates, it, dates or possible dates it was written, who was the author, some of the background, and then and then we would say summarize the message. And I can't tell you the number of times, and I would always, I, I almost always would mark this uh, for the book of Leviticus. Almost always, somebody would say, "Well, what I learned is I'm glad I'm, no, I, I'm, I, you know, Christ came because I no longer have to keep all this law." And I thought, this is this is God revealed this right, mm-hmm. and if that's all we can get out of it, then I think I think we're missing a huge huge part of it. But yeah, I think you read the book of Leviticus and you learn something about God's absolute holiness. Uh, let me give you one example. I probably shouldn't do this. This is actually from the book of Deuteronomy, not from the book of Leviticus. There's this really strange passage that says, do not boil a kid in its mother's milk. Okay, a baby goat. Do yeah. not do not boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. We're going to get kosher laws. That, that's, it's a kosher law. And so some people might say, well, this has nothing to do with anything for me today, you know, because I'm I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I don't have to worry about the old law and that kind of thing. But what does that tell us about the nature of God, and why why was that something? Now, some people say this is simply something that the pagans did, and so he's saying to his people, you shouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. But what does mother's milk represent? We even use that as a metaphor. If I talk about mother's milk. what Nourishment. Nourishment. Life. Life for a child. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and the idea, I think, of taking that which was to give life to an infant, to a child— and to instead use that as the means of destruction, cooking the meat of that of that that baby or you know that that baby goat, goat to mm. eat it is kind of against the very nature of things is, mm. is what I think is going on. So I think that says something about the importance that God places upon upon life, uh, upon. Um, children, if you will, this kind of thing. I th- you know that sounds crazy. I know in a sense. I really, and you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think God cares if I eat a cheeseburger. I, I hope not, because I've eaten a lot of them. <laughs> Even a bacon cheeseburger, as we've oh, talked about, delish. But um, or pepperoni pizza. But I do think He's concerned with the way that I I see the giving of life and the way that I understand the cycle of life and um, you know, caring for not only children, human children, but also the way that we. Um, you know, care for the the world around us and the animals that are in our care and and these kind of things. I think it has more to do with that. That's you know, just again, it's a weird kind of example, but I think it, it you know that's that's really what's kind of going at. And so I think if you read the Book of Leviticus and the Book of Deuteronomy and these other laws um, from that standpoint, then I think you do begin to learn something about His character, about the things that He cares about, and the and the things that God has has developed. It's really, and I know, I know. There's some things that that really bug some people, especially you know some. And I'm not going to get into those right now. Tell us, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but think about how many of those laws are about having a community where there's right relationships with one another. Let me give you another example. God provides a way 
that <laughs> okay if you uh, just at random if if you take someone if you borrow someone's ox and you break its leg while you're using it you borrowed it then there was you're supposed to make a sacrifice for that you were also supposed to recompense that person um the cost of his ox plus i think it was 25% mm-hmm. right so you know, you couldn't misuse someone else's property and, and get away with it without there being, you know, something happen. Right. And that person is recompensed, you know, to a degree that that continued and made those right relationships with one another. So I think a lot of the laws are, are concerned about maintaining a right relationship. And the other thing is, I'll say this, I've been preaching through First Corinthians recently, and, and I, I use this as an example. There's a number of times that God is very concerned with the way that sin can have an effect upon a community, that that un, unrepentant, um, unchecked sin can destroy community. Mm-hmm. And, and so he calls his people to put sin out of the camp, you know, to, to, to deal with this stuff severely, uh, because I think he understands the, uh, what's the word I want to look, the, 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 um, when you think about a virus, what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 um, the way that it catches, you know, the oh, way yeah. uh, that's transmitted from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and here you have this example. Then Paul in in First Corinthians chapter five, he said, "There's a sin going on, and that even the pagans won't participate in, and kind of sexual immorality that's going on there." And he says, "You're proud, you know." So it's not only had an effect upon this this man, and and that's the other thing I'll say. Um, I think we often think that sin affects only us, but sin has a strong effect upon. It's contagious. It contagious. That's the word I was looking for. It's contagious. It 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 breaks relationships, right? Um, and broken relationships break other relationships. That and and, it's and a cascading and it, effect. And, and so again, are we pushing against the effects of the fall, or are we allowing the the fall to to have power in our lives, and and are we furthering the effects of the fall? Mm-hmm. We sometimes talk about generational sin. I mean, lots of people, even even non non believers, will talk about this idea of generational sin and putting an end to it. Um, you know, to to say it, I'm going to stop it here. You know, if we've been doing this, you know, even if I inherited this from my parents, well, it this stops. is going to be the end of it. But but there's there's a, I think there's there's a truth to that. Are we going to have children who who go on to to do things that are destructive, or are we gonna are we gonna raise children who go on to become uh, people who are working toward healing the effects of these, you know, the fall and the relationships. So, you know, all of this I think is is a part of the way that God has called us um, to be His agents of redemption. You know, not yeah. not agents of, of wrath or agents of yeah yeah. And I think uh, I'm thinking about this. You know, just. <clears throat> You can have a Christian worldview, but having a, a view of sin like this, like I think it, again, you read scripture differently, and I think it provides, you know, I think that this one of the charges that's leveled against Christianity is it's these rules, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but kind of going like, it's it's about life, yeah. not about yeah. well, I'll, death. I'll tell you, I see Christians who have been a part of congregations and, and have been Christians for, they would say, for a long time, have been a part of, of, of a church for a long time. And again, for them, a lot of what determines people's worth and and even their own worth sometimes is how closely they're keeping the rules. And, and here's the funny thing is, you know, as, as I've said, I've lived in enough different places to know that that list of rules is different wherever you go, right? <laughs> yes. 
that's what's arbitrary. Um, what is not arbitrary are those things that are, at least you said, grounded in, in, in the life of God. Um, just like the Pharisees I mentioned, we, as human beings, we tend to be these list-making people. And honestly, I think a lot of times we tend to make the list longer, you know, although the, there are, I, I, we could make the argument there are some people who are trying to even do away with the notion of sin or, mm-hmm. you know, I, again, I think that's the, that's the, it's almost a different level. That's almost the very basic, uh, I'm going to determine right and wrong for myself rather than. Right. Truth is in me. Right. Rather than as an external source, you know, truth right. is from, from below. We, we, we figured out that truth was made by, you know, that sin right. was, these categories of sin were made by somebody else and was right. just something they made. And so we, we can shed those, those, uh, old ways of thinking. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, it's just the thing about this, just the, the life that it can give to, to think of it this yeah. way is that it's not that, uh, you know, as you go back and read these books and instead of it being that this negative, like, burdensome but it's a, it's a way of god revealing true life right exactly yeah it's revealing true exactly. life to this them. is what i want this is what i want things to be this is the way i want the world and in to jesus be. coming back saying like I, I i'm fulfilling all those things that yeah. were pointing to life he's he is your way to life now. yeah the life-giving yeah the way the truth and life the life-giving spirit yeah he is he is the means by which we we attain these the truth as, as well uh yeah i think i've said before we can see the whole scripture from from genesis on as a battle between truth and lies, e- even the book of Revelation, which I know we like to talk about some, we get this idea of of the um, uh, the, the the those who are working against Christ, mm-hmm. um, um, putting forth falsehood. I mean, that's yeah. that's what they're doing. They're giving these false miracles. They're giving the you know and yeah. and leading astray. You know, uh, mm-hmm. deceiving the nations. So yeah, the synagogue of Satan. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. part of there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, is, no there, is there anything else that you, you think about this? I mean, I think this is a really, I think this is a big yeah, topic. It you is. Know, and I think and it's a topic that can have a lot of implications mm-hmm. for us as Christians or people that have grown up in the church yeah. our whole life that we've pictured things in a certain way. Well, like I said, just for me, it was just an important when I finally figured that out. I, I, I felt it was no longer like, again, even my the way I think about God is no longer as this kind of guy who's just looking for a way to trip me up. You know, right. let me put this obstacle in his way, but who really wants good for me, really wants the best for me. And and because he created me and 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 made me, like you said, knit together, he knows what is best. He knows what what we have and and uh what will give us best life. Um one of the ways I talk about sometimes when when we talk about the lie of the serpent in the garden is I'll say you know, here, here's really the basis of lie, and I think it fits with really any temptation we face today is is the serpent is saying that true life lies in what God has for, forbidden mm-hmm. rather than what he's permitted. That to truly live is to indulge in the things that he has forbidden rather than what he's permitted. And, and that's that's really kind of that whole change of idea is mm-hmm. instead of focusing upon the things that are forbidden – Let's focus upon the many things that he's given us that can can give us true life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 body of, of believers, the church. You know, this this idea that he's given us community. Um, he he's given us um, you know lives and ways that we can sustain ourselves, and you know all of these kind of things. And yet, you know, and I, I <laughs> we we joke about this a lot. You and I both kind of tend to have these negative views of the world sometimes. Not me. <laughs> 
but but you know we we when we focus upon those things that that really becomes the the you know yeah, our, it our becomes, focus mm-hmm. it becomes your mindset and yeah. i think paul you know paul in chapter 7 of the book of romans he says very th- things I, I want to do, I do not do, and the things I do not want to do, the things I do. And, and I think a lot of times it is that kind of idea of focus. Let me give you an illustration. I, I, you're not going to believe this. I, I took a motorcycle riding class several years ago. Um, obviously, didn't stick. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that they taught us that I found fascinating is your – and it applies to bicycle riding, which I still do. Uh, motorcycle, they said, look the way you want to turn. Like, like don't – you know, like so. If you're turning, don't look straight ahead, and and if you're wanting to go straight ahead, don't don't look to the side, mm-hmm. because you go the your body the direction you're you're looking. That's kind of one of the first things that that they taught us. And I thought, man, that's that's exactly this. You know, that when we're focused on the do nots, well, that's what we're looking at, and that's what we're thinking about. You know, <laughs> I've, I've had times of dieting. I'm not currently on one, but I need to get back on one. And again, it's it's when you're focused on the things that you're not getting, man. That you're sitting there thinking all the time that that's what I want. <laughs> you know, yeah, the very thing I cannot have is the thing I want. Mm-hmm. And so, what if we switch the flip the script a little bit and thought about well, what what can we do that would be giving life to us and and, and to others? How can we focus on that? I think is the way to to really kind of live in this true way. Very good. Yes, that's like the movie Inception. I think they make some reference, like if I tell you don't think about something, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna think first, about it. That's yeah. the first thing they put yeah. in your mind. You can't plan a, a, yeah. a thought in someone's yeah, mind. Don't think so. about a purple elephant kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. Well, Brian, thanks so much for sharing yeah. uh, your Thank wisdom, you, and uh, we'll chat again soon. All right, be good. Yeah. See you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Next week, Brian and I are talking all about Bible translations. We talk about the different types of translations and the pluses and minuses of translations in general. We hope you'll join us for that. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com, as well as sign up for our email newsletter to stay in touch, but also to get some exclusive content uh, that we just actually recently completed. We've got the Blue Letter Bible video uh, that shows you how to use that free online resource. So sign up for our email newsletter list, and you will get that video. You can find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.